So I told him straight up, like, if you don't give me that $3 right now, we're going to have to go outside for a minute. Oh, hey, guys, I didn't even see you there. Wow. Uh, welcome to the Under the Scope podcast. You guys snuck up on me. Um, yeah, that dude's such an asshole, man. <laughs> so, uh, on I'm this... I'm going to name him by name right now here on the podcast. <laughs> hope you all know who he is. Hope you're listening. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. Um, I'm your host, Will Brost. And as always, co-hosting from Nashville is our team's resident Chainsmokers fan, Patrick Anderson. How's it going? Gotta love those Chainsmokers, man. They just really know how to do it. Yeah, we we didn't have time uh, to review the latest album by them on the podcast, but it's like a... It would be a 12 out of 10, I think, if we did it. A true testament to the human condition right now. (laughs) And always, actually, yeah. you know, yeah. something that like Alexander the Great would listen to as he was going to war. It's yeah. It, I mean, <sighs> that's all that needs to be said about it. There's just so much you could possibly say about that album, but we'll just leave it at that. Um, so, oh, hey, one question for you, real quick. Um, Shoot it. Hey, Patrick, where's the Kendrick review? Oh, Will, didn't you hear? What? Everybody's talking about it. Oh yeah, uh, the the under the scope duo, that being me and you, yeah, are going to be doing it on one, two, Monday. Monday? That's like like three days from today. What? So we, well, I better <laughs> listen to the album. Jeez. <laughs> so it's it's no secret that it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Um. So, yeah, we've been trying to do this podcast on Father John Misty, uh, but we've had travel delays and technical difficulties. But we wanted to get this out to you before we share our thoughts on Kendrick. So if you're just waiting on the Kendrick review, don't worry. It's coming. We're not going to skip Kendrick, considering that I like to shoehorn Kendrick's name in just about every podcast we do. (laughs) That's Yeah, that's for real. (laughs) So we'll wait on Kendrick. Let's shift focus to... Uh, arguably the most polarizing album of the year so far, if we're considering critic opinion and fan opinion. Um, mm-hmm. so, and, uh, yeah, and, like, on a widespread basis. Yes, yeah, on a, on yeah. a right. Like, the, uh, I guess the Sun Kill Moon album is really polarizing, too, but I don't think it had near the, the notoriety that... Yeah, exactly. So this is an album by Father John Misty entitled Pure Comedy, Um, Just a little bit of background on Father John Misty before we get started. Uh, Josh Tillman, also known as Father John Misty, um, is a singer, songwriter, guitarist, drummer from Maryland, known for his sardonic, ironic personality, gorgeous voice, and clever, funny lyricism. Um, To expand on this personality, just as an aside, uh, I'd say it's a lot like Kanye West, where his personality can really make or break his music for a lot of listeners. Um, meaning that, you know, his personality might either attract you or just completely turn you off. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of in between there. Yeah. It's, he's a very, (laughs) he's as known for his personality as he is for his music. Um, yeah. Yeah. So musically speaking though, he's formerly the drummer of fleet foxes. Uh, but in his solo career post fleet foxes, he makes music in, I guess, indie rock, indie folk, and even Baroque pop uh, genres. Uh, the two of us were huge fans of his 2015 album, I Love You, Honey Bear, which has a Metacritic of 87 out of 100. 
Um, this is his first album since then. So, Patrick, did Papa John deliver on Pure Comedy? <laughs> Papa John always delivers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I... I uh... I, I really love this album mm. a lot. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what's going on on your side, but and because I understand just how polarizing this is, mm-hmm. um, but I'm taking a side of I really like this album a lot. And it's, it was hard for me to like move to liking it this as much as I do now at first because of like the amount of... <laughs> opinionated pretension that is like uh, i mean it's just it's the foundation of this album you know but like the uh, the the way that he presents it is one is gorgeous Mm -hmm. the album is just it's it's the whole thing is laid out so gorgeously and i you know i kind of expected that with you know what we got with i love you honey bear um and 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 even like leading up whenever you know he released pure comedy and hearing that and whatever i mean it's father john so but not so not only that but just like the out like the way that he like lays out these uh, it's like an honest and self-reflective way that I, I don't I can't help but be drawn to it because I feel like there's so much there's so much well thought out um, so many well thought out messages that are going on here and they're also expressed really creatively too like it's it he, he does it in kind of a Bob Dylan esque mm-hmm. ballad um, like a Bob Dylan marrying Elton John kind of uh, stylistic way um, throughout the album I I I ended up by the end of it, liking it much more at this point than I did when I first heard it. And I absolutely agree with that because, well, and this is uh, part of the reason, actually most of the reason, why I enjoy the fact that we delay our podcast reviews at least a week or so. Yeah. Because it really gives us time to, you know, digest what's going on or get used to the new sound that an artist is taking on a particular project. When I first heard this, uh, Friday, April 7th, I guess, is when it came out, I was so indifferent to this album. I thought it was somewhat interesting uh, content-wise, but absolutely boring on the music end. And I thought I was going to have to come in here and you know, argue with you, because I expected you to love this album. But I expected to have to debate with you about like, wow, this album is so overrated. I can't believe it's getting all yeah, of this attention. Yeah, I kind attention. of expected you to, to to debate with me too. And I felt that way for my first couple of listens. But what helped me is that because this is such a daunting album, it's 75 minutes of ballads and it's really hard to get into, especially coming from I Love You Honey Bear. But what helped me out is I listened to these tracks in isolation, like on shuffle, just so I didn't have to take in the entire experience at once. I didn't have to swallow the whole cake. I can, you know, cut it up a little bit. Especially some of these longer songs, 
my first couple of listens, I just got so bored by the end of them. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've turned around, uh, on this album practically completely. Uh, I love it. Um, but just a quick, you know, uh, disclaimer about how polarizing this album does seem to be. Uh, the Metacritic currently is an 86 out of a hundred pitchfork, um, gave it a 7.6 out of 10, which is a little bit lower than I think people were expecting. Yeah. Uh, and then the needle drop gave it a nine out of 10, uh, and fans, as far as fans go, I've heard every opinion from yep. album of the year to uh, pseudo intellectual psychology 101 fluff. Um, yep. But really, I mean, we could talk about the music, and you know, we will, considering we're a music review podcast. Um, but it's really the the lyricism and the perspective and the social commentary that makes this album great. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I, like I, I don't know. I I feel like the um, a lot of the criticism behind it, like what indie heads has been big. Yeah. Um, on 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 like trashing it from what I've seen in mm-hmm. the comments section on this, just because of like how boring it is musically, they say, and then how you know, like you said, pseudo intellectual preachy bullshit they think it is. But like, mm-hmm. I I I like I don't understand. Like I feel like I don't understand that 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 thought on it. You know what I mean? I I feel like it's not preachy. It, it's just because like he's so self-deprecative all on the album. Also, it everything is like self, very self-aware. Everything's very calculated and self-aware on this album. So you know, it's not like he's just spewing out um, like stream of consciousness. And you could say that with like the. Sun Kill Moon. That's what people have been saying about that. That's a, that's more like what that would be, because um, that's like a day by day kind of thing. But this is more of like an overarching view from somebody who's very aware of what's happening culturally on either side. Um, mm-hmm. Like a really a really well thought out view on like what is wrong with with like himself and culture in general um and i mean like a lot of people have been like well it's just you know like it's it it's it sucks because somebody compared this to like hopson because they <laughs> said that like both father jarvisy and hopson offer like social commentary but neither one gives a solution I'm like, so okay, they're based right. they're artists. Like that's what every artist does. They're not no artist is releasing an album and offering a solution. It's an album. Right. You know, they're they're just con- he's just commenting on the and I, I don't know. I think that like the level to what this to to the level to which he took it on this album, I mean seventy five minutes pretty much of just all of I mean, it's it's all. There's not a really a break at all. No, there isn't. You know, like total entertainment forever might be considered the only break, but that's a comment on you know how everybody is so obsessed with being entertained all the time. <laughs> and that's track and they're two. Just going to be mindless zombies. And, and that's track two. Even after that, yeah, you still right, have yeah. sixty-five uninterrupted minutes of commentary. Yeah. But the only difference is it's it, it's masked by like this upbeat kind of 
catchy, mm. but th- that's like just the irony of it too, you know. Yeah, and that, that track is very Father John Misty. And I think um, with these messages, just in general, you know, Father John Misty's not the first one to point out that you know politics are bad and we should save the earth. And wow, life really doesn't have much meaning, does it? But he yeah. he does it in a way that is interesting, unique, and like you mentioned, in a way that's self-referential and sarcastic and um, in a way just kind of, yeah, like you said, uh, deprecating on himself. Like a lot of these songs, uh, their topics are very like he, he's criticizing society, but also himself. And he's very self-aware that he has these flaws as well. Like he's not just standing on top of this mountain yeah lecturing he's not, he's, he's not giving a holier than thou sermon about about culture or anything right and that's why i probably my favorite track um illustrates that uh it's a uh, ballad of the dying man mm-hmm. and, and the song's about um this and again this kind of speaks on just how unique his concepts are on this album but the Ballad of the Dying Man is about this narcissistic dying man who, uh, you know, he overly values his own social commentary, um, but he's dying and he's trying to cope with the fact that he can no longer criticize the world because he won't be alive to see it. But sort of the, the moral is life will go on without you and you shouldn't place so much weight in your own opinions, which is totally a commentary on himself. And he, yep. he, re- oh, yeah. he's very self-aware about that. Um, what is it? He says something like, um, you know, did, as, as the, the dying man's thinking, you know, did I successfully beat back the rising tide of idiots, dilettantes, and fools? Just as he's dying, he's wondering, you know, did my political social commentary on Twitter, did yeah. it reach the masses did in a way that's yeah. going to change it make the world? It, did it make the effect that I wanted it to? Yeah. Right. Or after I die, is no one going to care what my opinion was anymore? And I just found that so unique and entertaining, but also very hopeless. And that's what this album is for most of the time also is just hopelessness. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it, it's a very striking way to like to to make like an actual comment on like on how obsessed with our opinions mm-hmm. um the the um the general culture is now like the general twitter sphere uh political culture and he does it he does such a great job of that just finding very striking and creative and like inignorable ways of um, like whether you like them or not, because mm-hmm. the, the, and <clears throat> that's the, the, that's what I really like about polarizing albums like this, like, like the sun kill moon, like this, that, um, that make these love it or hate it statements basically. Mm-hmm. And when, and they're talking about opinionated things like politics and culture and, um, you know, just everything that's happening right now. Because they should be, they shouldn't be safe. You know, nobody cares about that. That's not gonna. That's not gonna make an effect. Nobody's gonna be thinking about it or anything. So, like, even if you think that it's just like pseudo intellectual drivel that this guy's just spitting out at you because he thinks that he's smarter than everybody, 
you're still talking about it and you still recognize it. And that's like, that's the good, that's the important part about it. Yeah. You know, I think like it, I, that opinion's fine. I totally understand it because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's definitely that I think that there's a lot more to it, you mm-hmm. know, but it might just be because that's how I relate to things. So he did a great job of actually making it into a project that people would talk about instead of just, you know, a pretty sounding record that has some good points here and there. Mm-hmm. And you... so, and and that's what I really, really love about this album, and that's what, and it's so different than I Love You, Honey Bear, in that aspect too, because he makes like he makes points, but they're mostly just sarcastic points on there about like people in general. Mm-hmm. This one, he's talking about like how hopeless and terrible <laughs> life actually is, like on its surface, and it's like. You know, I, 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 I think that that I really, really like how he handled this, mm-hmm. handled that concept on this album. And I think um, regarding the politics and just his general worldview, uh, I think it's possible that, you know, you can be you can disagree with somebody while at the same time recognizing that the person is very intelligent. I agree yeah. with most of what he's saying on here, but if you're a listener who listens to these songs and you think, "Oh, well that's that's just blatantly not true." That's fine, but he's he is coming from a place that I think is well-informed even if not everybody agrees with his sentiment. Um but in it uh, again about the uh, with the politics as well, it, he is he's definitely liberal, but he barely touches on liberal politics on this album it's mostly just this is why our society is messed up um this is why entertainment is bad this is why social media is bad really just a bunch of nonpartisan issues that yeah people should be yeah. talking about yeah and and even on the liberal side of it and i feel like it, it gets roped into the liberal mindset i mean because i mean it's definitely plays into that more sure. so than the than the right wing side of politics. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But like, he's, I mean, like on uh, two wildly different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's commenting on basically just how like either way, like picking either side to these issues and being so adamant against the other side is ultimately like just a terrible thing for everybody. Right. So he's like he's comment. He's definitely roped into the liberal um, politics, uh, and you know just because there's no there's no space for that on the general right wing side of politics. There's you know, um, but he's commenting on both sides of it too. So it's mm-hmm. not like he's just like praising what you know this left side has to offer because you know there's so much that's wrong with what's going on on this side too so it's it's again it's it's self-aware it's not yeah it's nonpartisan, um and it's it, it doesn't pick sides it's just him genuinely commenting on what he thinks is going on you know he's not trying to appeal to anybody right and so i i think that that's really special yeah this isn't a bernie or bust album but i'm glad you pointed out the song because we have to talk about the song but the the two wildly different perspectives yeah. is the name of the song and like you mentioned the, the whole concept of the song is just 
it's not only pointing out what's wrong with both sides, but pointing out just how increased our political divide has been in society, especially due to the election of Donald Trump and due to um, increased social media leading to um, these echo chambers or, you know, the ability to hide yourself behind a, a computer screen, share your opinions and being able to only see opinions that align yeah, with your work yourself worldview. in this little bubble basically right. yeah but in the the structure of this song lyrically it it has i think three stanzas but each stanza has the same sort of structure and i wrote one of them down just to give people an idea but one of the lyrics one side says kill them all the other says line those killers up against the wall but either way some blood is shed thanks to our cooperation on both sides and this song is one like you mentioned or you mentioned earlier but this is like the perfect example of it of people saying well he's not really offering solutions here he's just providing his input and sure that's true it's much easier to identify a solution than to solve a problem but at least it's something so yeah that's that's a that's a good point too because he's making a he's making a point that is that is like generally not not said you know what i mean right that 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 middle of the road uh, like observationalist point never doesn't really get made that often in in you know in the in the general scheme of like pol- political talking and, and all that so yeah that's a that's a good point at least he's taking his platform and saying something because now there's a lot of people that are going to hear it and you know be aware of it so he may not be offering like a charity or something i don't know what they wanted him to to offer a solution i don't know what they wanted him to say yeah and that well the and something i guess we haven't addressed this album is called pure comedy um yeah the, the, yeah. the content is very serious uh but his lyrics are often presented in a way that is funny or clever or witty um you know i wrote down just a bunch of different lyrics but it's i guess i mean i I guess it's a lot like south park where they pick fun at both sides they pick fun at a variety of different topics but it's done in a way that is supposed to be humorous and whether or not you think it's funny or whether or not you agree with the message a lot of people find it entertaining and i happen to be one of those guys Mm -hmm. um what were you, what were your thoughts on the song leaving LA? Um <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's that's probably the biggest one to talk about. It's a 13 um, minute track. The first time I listened through it, like I didn't I didn't not like it mm-hmm. because there was definitely something interesting there, but it was just so much to like take in. Um, because it, yeah, it's 13 minutes of a, of a, of just a piano ballad and him talking about, you know, the, the fakeness of, of the Hollywood culture and the entertainment industry and just, and himself and all of it, um, just going on and on and on. So I didn't hate it cause I, I you know, I, I could tell that there was something interesting going on, but it was, I definitely like, that was the biggest grower track for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be for anybody that was listening to this that had the same thought that thinking patterns that I did listening through. But I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, 
there's so many points on there that like that are maybe not necessary to 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 be made and maybe not even like relatable mm-hmm. um because of like 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 just at the beginning you know talking about la these la phonies and their bullshit bands they sound like uh, dollar signs and Amy Grant, and you know, like like all that stuff. Like he's talking about just the 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 bullshit of the record industry, like and the entertainment industry in L.A., which is not very relatable to people that you know aren't in it or aren't aware of what's going on, or you know, mm-hmm. you know. So there's some things in there that aren't as relatable. But he's so honest with he's so honest with like his opinions and um, I don't know he, he just and, and like and and how people are gonna feel about him uh, after like after even listening to this album because yeah like on the last few tra- uh, re- uh, verses he's he's talking about how um, how everybody is gonna jump ship because they don't like this new stuff it makes them want to die yeah uh i used to like this guy this new shit really kind of makes me want to die yeah so yeah and i i really i really enjoyed listening i really enjoy listening through this a lot more now because of just how personal this song really is Mm -hmm. and how um yeah, I, yeah. Just how it—it's it, just—it's incredibly personal, and it's—it's it's really well constructed. The ballad. Um, I want to talk about that too. The instrumentation on this, and yes. then just how he does the piano ballads in general on this album yeah. are very well done. He did such a good job of making these like seemingly boring melodic things very interesting. Probably mostly because of the lyrics and and his voice and all of that that's going on but just the production in, in general is really well done on this because it, it it keeps me it keeps me engaged it's not it doesn't it doesn't drag on um i you know even even the first time that i was listening through it i i, I wasn't like completely i was i it drug on a little bit but it wasn't like you know like how you a normal 13 minute long Right. Uh, just straight piano ballad. That's not how you would think it would sound. You would think that you would just be done with it by minute five. Well, and but, you know, with and I agree with you for the most part. But songs, I mean, like leaving L.A. in particular, I think either they could have shortened it from thirteen minutes or added, you know, some sort of progression with the vocal melody. Uh, and and I get that he added strings in the middle and he you know hit put them away and brought them back but there just wasn't enough progression for me to um remain fully interested even now like i'm more interested in this song now than i was but at the end of the day it's still not like a song i see myself coming back to quite a bit and there's a couple of other songs like that as well i could get that but like I, i i think like in context with how this album is arranged also Mm-hmm. The song just fits so perfectly. It's like a, it's like a little capstone on the pretension that this album carries. Yeah, he's. It's a very um, self-aware. Like even he refers to it as a ten-verse chorusless diatribe halfway through yeah. the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I and it's halfway through you know this record. So it's like it's like this peak point 
of um, of like overwhelming lyrics, like just <laughs> melancholy piano, just way too way too much content. But it's it, he constructs it in such an interesting and self aware way that I I really like uh, leaving LA. I'm a, I'm a big I uh, like I'm not like crazy about it but i really like what he did with it you know what i'm saying yeah like there's definitely i mean he definitely could have pulled out some verses but like i think that in context with what's going on with the record it makes complete sense that this thing is 10 verses long and 12 and a half minutes um mm. you know and you know that's not to say that you don't have to like it or anything but i just think it's very interesting in context with the rest of the album, how how well it flows and how well it it makes the it, it causes the album to continue on. It's like it puts like an ending point for the first part and then continues on into this like you know mm-hmm. other side of of things. Yeah, I'm not sure how the vinyl split, but I think side one ending on leaving LA would be a good choice. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Um, so did 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 it pick up on my uh, coffee sip? I think I sipped way too loud, and now I kind of feel. Bad. I don't think so. I can't really tell whenever you're like doing stuff though, too, because the way that the audio cuts in and out sometimes when we're talking. I, tell you, I, I know, but and I'm trying not to sip too loud. But this Dunkin', I mean, this this coffee from this uh, unnamed donut-based eatery that doesn't sponsor our podcast. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, good, good safe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just let's just slurp uh, coffee and tea as loud as we can all over this 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 review. <laughs> so that's what that's what Father John Misty would want. All right, today we're going to review his new record, Fear Comedy, and just <laughs> an hour of that. <laughs> all, right, all right, so I listed my favorite track. Um, you seem to, I mean, you love this album. What what were yes. some of your, I guess, other favorite tracks that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, so I'm growing old on Magic Mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I I love that. I think that it's my favorite track. Okay. Um, I it's just it's like it's it's the best version of um, this ballad. Um, this this whole ballad thing that he's going that he was going for on this record. I think he does it. He he does it the best on this. It's really touching. The lyrics are very interesting. Um, just talking about how everybody's basically just living in this um, like false reality mm-hmm. on you know on Magic Mountain and wanting to stay young forever and wanting to just live you know in uh, you know it, it just commenting basically on the whole millennial culture of of um, just never wanting to get old. Right. Just this know? refusal to grow yeah. as a person. And and even and even when they see that like their future is going to be uh going to be uh nothing if they don't decide to like grow up or whatever, he even still is like, I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah, what's the chorus? It's like so the longer I stay here, the longer there's no future. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm growing, growing old. old on Magic Mountain. Yeah. yeah, and I think I believe this is an allusion to a literary work of some sort called the Magic Mountain, in which, as you mentioned, the the sort of plot line of it is it's this person who lives on Magic Mountain, and as long as he's up there, he just remains the same as who he is. 
but there's some sort of appeal to staying up there because either you're afraid to grow or you're just too enamored with your current lifestyle. Um, right. That was one of my favorite tracks too, even though it is a 10-minute song. This is a long song that I don't think dragged. Um, and and it, we haven't even mentioned just how, I guess we mentioned it through examples, but we didn't directly mention just how cynical Father John Misty is. And he, oh, yeah. He has yeah. this lyric that is pe- uh, peak cynicism. It's, uh, so for now, everyone is dancing as if it's any time but the present. And mm-hmm. I, I just, it, he's a very cynical, uh, very pessimistic person, but the way he phrases his thoughts is just so entertaining. It, it's it's a, a warped sense of entertainment, but it's an undeniable entertainment for me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think that, and that that goes along with the whole theme of pure the whole pure comedy um, title behind this mm-hmm. too is that like most of this is like is a lot of really self-reflective and introspective real deep felt opinions and comments about things but it's like wrapped in this layer of just sarcasm right and and cynicism um you know that's like it's very thick but it, it doesn't make any it doesn't make it any less like it doesn't make it any less meaningful it just puts this added like sting onto it um but i i I appreciate it i think it gives it a a lot of distinction instead of just somebody rambling about um somebody just rambling about you know what's wrong with the world and how hopeless everything is right and the, the whole concept of pure comedy is just well the world is funny but not funny haha but like a cruel joke that is being yeah. played on all of us and yeah and it's 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 kind of it, it's kind of great too because it's basically plays into his whole point of like like this whole even like this whole album at the end of the day or you know at the end of everything will never make a difference like really right. and, and and neither will like all these opinions and all that stuff and that's like the whole comedy of everything is that everybody believes that what they're saying is real and it's going to change things and he's like under the impression that you can say whatever you want and it's not going to change anything so yeah like life is going to happen people are going to die and that's how it goes and that's a good lead into what i thought was a really good closure for this album uh the song in 20 uh in 20 years or so and the topic or the concept is exactly what you've been describing it's sort of this existential anthem of um, you know, despite all of our thinking and our commentary and our philosophizing, we're really just this small part in the grand scheme, um, which sounds very pessimistic. But there's this lyric in the final two and a half minutes, after seventy-two and a half minutes of just pure hopelessness and worry and existential dread. But the last two, there, I think it's one of the last lyrics on this album. Uh, and it's really just him saying, uh, having a slight bit of hope with the lyric. Um, I read somewhere that in 20 years, more or less, uh, this human experiment will reach its violent end. But I look at you as our second drinks arrive. The piano player's playing, this must be the place, and it's a miracle to be alive. And so it's this whole mindset of, yeah, yeah the world's messed up yeah we really don't matter in the grand scheme of things but 
it's still possible to enjoy life while we're here. And so I thought that was a really great way to wrap up his message um, in a way that's slightly contradictory to what he's been saying, but also poignant. Yeah, and he comes with the with the repeated lyric of there's nothing to fear after that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, yeah, and uh, that whole thing, I really like how he rapped. It was kind of strange the first time I listened through it, because <clears throat> instrumentally, it sounds like So I'm Growing On All Magic Mountain is definitely the closer track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely sounds like it, and then and then in twenty years or so comes in, and it's also like six and a half minutes long. <laughs> right. So it's like I was, at first I'm like, oh, I'm getting like uh, Her Majesty on the, the end of <laughs> Abbey Road or something. It's like no, you're getting uh, you're getting a closer track. This is six and a half minutes. Yeah, well, because um, so I'm growing old on Magic Mountain ends with like four minutes of this gargantuan instrumental breakdown yeah. or something like that yeah and, so and, you well, think, oh, and, that's and then and then just these like soft piano chords um and everything and you're like wow that was that was it you know and then all of a sudden this comes in but it's a great clo- it's like an encore basically mm-hmm. um to to the rest of this and it, and it's like a really good encapsulating view on the album itself and you know just his general opinion but to what you were saying about that lyric um I really like that lyric. I think it's one of the best, one of the best, one of the best lines on this on this album because it, it basically just wraps up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, the whole thing has just been about like like the irony of life and uh, and and just like how you know the hopelessness and the dread and the you know everything's wrong and nothing you can say or do is going to matter. And then it wraps up with this, like, yeah, like, you know, that's true. But it's also, like, since everything is going to end, you have nothing to lose. Like, there's nothing to fear because right. one way or another, it's going to end. So you can fear everything, but you can also choose to just, you know, be happy and right. be happy with, you know. If it's inevitable like, and we don't have any control over it, then what are we really worrying about? Yeah, exactly, so, and I, I, I really, I thought that that was an excellent way to wrap up the the album because it's very unexpected too, right? And it, and it, and it makes complete sense. It it leaves, it leaves, uh, it, it, but it leaves. It doesn't leave you with like this like false sense of uh, like hope. You know what I mean? It leaves you with this actual thought right. that is real and, you know, you can actually apply to yourself. You know, it doesn't it doesn't leave you with this sense of like, but even though everything's bad, just enjoy yourself. Right. Like, you know, right. What I mean? like this stupid, campy, good vibes. Um, Turn that frown upside down. No. But yeah, it, well, it's like and it's strangely positivity, man. <laughs> just radiate it. It's oh, God. It's it's one of the most I think relatable lyrics, at least for me personally. Like you and me, we've yeah, had oh yeah. conversations similar to what's happening on this album at a bar, and we get drinks, and then like the you know we'll talk about just like wow, isn't the world messed up? And then like thirty minutes later, we'll be laughing about you know something completely different and just enjoying yeah, ourselves. Yeah, some stupid, and it's yeah, that's a, it, it's such a good way to like put that point. Right. You know, it, it, it's it's a really. It, he he captures like the the subtle like 
thing that everybody experiences, even people with heavy opinions like me and you, whenever we're doing that kind of stuff. It's right. like that's ultimately where we end up at the end of the night, you know. Yep, yep. Um, I wanted to shift focus because I would be mad at myself if I didn't talk about this song. But it's one of my absolute favorites, and I haven't seen a whole lot of hype about it. Um, things that would have been helpful to know before the revolution. Yep. This song is wonderful musically it's it it might be the most like gorgeously produced song absolutely uh the yeah the the brass um that comes in the piano that's it's sort of this despairing piano throughout it it gives me this weird um i don't want to say like a day in the life but some sort of like john lennon feel to it um, like that's the, the kind of influence I saw on this track. And I could, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I could see the day in the life comparison just because of this, excuse, the sudden, uh, like, you know, burst of instrumental and the brass and everything, but, but very subdued, but like in the first half or so, but still yeah. wonderful. Um, but I love this, this concept. Um, it's, it, it's again, back to this point of, him finding new ways to talk about topics we've already exhausted, but it's about saving the world in a sense, you know, saving the planet. And he thinks that we're, we've done so much damage to the world that sort of the only way we can rid ourselves of this problem and save the world is to just completely go back to like primal times uh, and just try to live life the way that, we lived before we had any sort of technology. Um, and so ha- he's sort of conflicted emotionally on this track because half of him is like, well, great, we're saving the world. This is awesome. This is what we want. We don't need all of these uh, superficial things like entertainment or television. But at the same time, half of him is like, wow, this really sucks. I could really use television right now. Like he has this lyric that says you know from time to time we all get a little bit restless uh with no one advertising to us constantly it's just it's this con it's one of my favorite concepts on this entire project um yeah 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 i that this is like one of the I think it'll probably go down as go go around as probably one of the most more underrated mm -hmm. songs that that you know, if if people actually like this, then you know, one of the more underrated songs on the album. Because it's only Cause, four yeah, minutes. it's such a it's such a good point to make that like like how far removed, even primitively, we are from you know where we started out, um, and just how like whether or not that's a good or a bad thing uh, for us. Right. Like, and yeah, and he does it in such a creative and capturing way. Um, yeah, very, and offers yeah. like offers this really good thought that you can you know that to to actually consider um, by the end of it. Well, and it's this it's exemplary of a greater discussion, which is you know how far are we willing to go to fight for the things we're passionate about? Yeah, it's easy yeah. for me to say, hey, let's save the world. Hey, you know, climate change sucks, but. You know, I, I, you know, damage the environment from time to time, too, like, because yeah. part of me and I don't want to say I enjoy damaging the well, environment. We drive, we drive cars. I mean, yeah, we drive you cars. Know, like, you know, we, I'm not exactly helping the environment 100 percent of the time. I mess up. And if I really wanted to save the world, I would have to commit to this lifestyle that is just 
one, yeah. impractical mostly, and two, just a life I just do not want to live. So it's like, how far are we willing to go? So I don't know, but it, it's it's yeah, just, it's 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 a really interesting point because I mean it does make you think about that because it's like the all all of this stuff that especially the liberal side of of politics is so adamant about and so preachy about mm-hmm. that like yeah it, like but but really the solution is to go back to what you know like this completely alien lifestyle that nobody wants to live and you know it's just and it basically just turns us all into like just opinionated you know monsters that don't get anything done and yeah you know? and he ends this song or i don't know if it's at the very end but he has this lyric uh though i'll admit some degree of resentment for the sudden lack of convenience around here uh, there are some visionaries among us developing some products to aid us in our struggle to survive. So what I think he's saying with this is, yeah, yeah, we can go back to this primal state, but naturally we're going to want to develop some sort of outlet, like some sort of entertainment, some sort of trivial uh, way of living. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that track because I think it's I, I'm not seeing it a whole lot in these reviews that I've been reading, um, but I thought it was a very a, a, a very interesting satirical concept. So, yeah, I, I I think that that lyric might be kind of uh, a little bit satirical too, just because like like I think that it's genuine, but I think it might also be a little bit satirical because it's like basically speaking on the fact of like yeah, like you know, uh, like we don't we don't want to we like I don't want to go back. We probably should go back to that if I'm going to believe what I preach, but. There's, but I'm gonna let some somebody smarter than me, somebody that has a better vision than me, just create right. a product. You know, like, you know, the, just wait for the next Steve Jobs to come along and and fix what what we're all preaching. Like, put a tangible thing, which is uh, like a true statement, but it's also like it makes you think too. It's like that's kind of how people do live. I mean, people right. with those, those belief systems. I mean, like. You know, I'm not I'm not swearing off my PS4 just because, you know, like, so, I mean, yeah, like it, it definitely makes it makes you think about. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm glad that you brought that that track up. It's a it's a it's a really it's a really great one on here. And it's definitely like is freaking gorgeous that those that chorus work is just amazing mm-hmm. or like when the the the, uh, the Christian the when the crescendo hits inside of the song it's yes it's it's one of the high points of the album yeah i agree so speaking of really deep songs let's talk about this having sex with taylor swift song okay yeah (laughs) let's do it (laughs) so so you you mentioned it earlier uh total entertainment forever it's the most upbeat track on here it's less than three minutes which is the only song of that length but it's this Again, it, it, it's self-referential. It's do we really uh-huh. need all of this entertainment spoken from the perspective of a guy who's entertaining people? Um, we're letting this technology and entertainment progress in such a way that it just engulfs our lives completely and eventually just sort of takes us over. So what what are your thoughts, not only on the song, but on the concept? Uh, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting concept. I'm like, not as gloom and doom about that whole 
mm-hmm. idea as Father John Misty is, he's very against <laughs> a lot of this stuff. I mean, he got in trouble for uh, like that. Have you seen that rant that he gave? Yeah. Um, I think it was at South by Southwest or something. Yeah, he just stopped his show mid-performance. Yeah. Talking about how entertainment is such a bad. I mean, it, it was a good. It was a good, like, um, like pretty profound. There's something to think about, but he's, you know, he he can be a little bit preachy on this whole idea. But it's again, it's a, it's something to think about, and it's. I'm not. I'm very optimistic about the entertainment industry and like all of these things that he's talking about in this song about how. You know, people are basically just going to get so consumed with being entertained all the time that they'll just be they'll be found dead by historians with a smile frozen on their face, yeah, which is a very scary image to put. I love that um, line at the end. Yeah, there. I think it's I think it's great because it, it, I mean it it brings about like the thought of I mean that could happen. Like the people can get you know so consumed. People are you know very much more consumed with entertainment now than I'm assuming that they were you know 20 years ago i mean they're more consumed now with entertainment than i feel like when we were even kids i mean you know it's just because of the accessibility so he's he's he makes he makes good points about needing to be aware of like the very scary parts of like becoming dehumanized through the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. but i'm not as like i'm not i'm not as you know, crazy about this one because it's good. It, they're really, it's a good point to make, but I don't know. I think that, uh, well, and it's, I think so many people have made this point too. Right. And it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. And I'm not as, I'm not as, I, I like this track, but I'm not as, you know, it's not one of my favorites on the album. Well, and it's, it's much easier you know, entertainment's growing because, it, of course, it's easier to access it through the internet and what have you. But it's also easier to make con like entertaining mm-hmm. content because of the internet and whatnot, and put yourself out there. Like we're technically an entertainment exact con- yeah, yeah right. Like, whether or not you find this podcast entertaining, that's the goal at least, or you know, in some sort of sense. So part of me is like, yeah, you're right. Entertainment's taking us over, but at the same time, here here we are. Um, yeah, exactly, and and again, your father John Misty is, you know, right, right, very. He's an he's an entertainer. Self-aware. He wouldn't be there without that, that platform. So, so, you know, I mean, and, and like it, he's he's an artist, you know, I guess first and foremost. But like, it's it, it's entertainment. That's what you know. That's what art is. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have any actual real survival value. So it's entertainment. So. But anyway, but I, I I do appreciate the track because I think that like that idea needs to be put in balance with just the general amount of entertainment that people experience anyway. So it's a good point. Yeah, it's a well thought out point, and it it needs to be there. Um, so I you know I don't I, I don't dislike this track, but I'm not as you know crazy about his I'm I'm not as in agreement with his opinion on this as I am with a lot of other things Mm -hmm. on this album but you know but but I I appreciate it I think that it I mean it's very well thought out and it's definitely like possible like the things that he's talking about right and that's that's an important distinction being able as I mentioned earlier and as you just mentioned being able to appreciate something objectively but at the same time not being maybe a hundred percent behind subjectively the opinions expressed on this album um but only because i brought it up 
I, I just, <laughs> this Taylor Swift lyric. So the song opens, betting Taylor Swift every night inside the Oculus Rift. And he debuted this, I don't know if he debuted this song, but he performed this song on SNL. I think he debuted it on there. He, he might have. And everyone freaked yeah. out because, you know, you don't have the lyrics to Genius in front of you. And you listen to this song once and you might not pick up on what he's saying. But there was a lot of outrage with this uh, with that lyric. But it's really just, you know, that's the way entertainment and technology is heading to where people are. It's, that's going to happen. And he's saying, you know, if we just let this progress, it this could be the norm. So... Yeah, but I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, you know, not my like number one favorite track. I appreciate the track. I would have loved it later in the album, just because this is the biggest break from ballads, uh, and he yeah. puts it at track number two, which yeah, gave me after, the impression that yeah. I thought he was going to put more upbeat songs, which led to my initial disappointment and my current negative, but in a slighter way than it was earlier. Yeah, it's it's definitely like the most incohesive part of this album. Right, right. But like, like the the whole the whole style of it, the whole upbeat poppy style of it, seems very intentional and very sarcastically mm-hmm. intentional because you know it's about entertainment. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, that's a total great point. Uh, yeah, that's I mean that's how I that's how I felt about it. But it, it does it does feel like strange still, like just from a general like. Uh, listening standpoint it just feels weird it, it like the placement of it just feels kind of weird um so but you know i mean it's not it's not like it's it it's probably it, it's one of my least favorite tracks on here but it's not, it's not bad at all it has its merits and i could see how somebody would think it's the best too so mm-hmm. all right patrick great discussion going around that's awesome yeah, this is, uh, this yeah, is, this is I, nice. I've, I've really enjoyed this podcast i must say um Let's. Uh, yeah, we're already we're already in over an hour in. Not not yeah, that. or not not quite, but you know we're we're almost there. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get to final thoughts and rating. All right. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? You know what? I'll go first, just because. Yeah, you. Yeah. You go first, because I gave my I gave my my first thoughts about it first. There so. you go. Yeah, we'll just do that from now on. Whoever gives the first. Yeah. Okay. Totally. <laughs> We're doing like on the fly decisions. Brainstorming. Yeah. The structure <laughs> this, our this is how we brainstorm. We're just like, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay, final thoughts. Um, as of today, you know, I've mentioned on our last pod, the Q one podcast, which you should listen to if you're looking for new music. Um, yeah, yeah, just listen to yeah, it. Yeah, just listen to it. Uh, there's a couple albums I referred to being pretty big growers, right? This one is 2017's biggest grower for me so far, and I think it will be for a lot of people. Uh, partially because it's hard to get into musically, but also because it's just this sharp turn from I Love You, Honey Bear, uh, which is in my... I, I, I took a look at this. It's in my top 10 for 2015. Um and I'm sure it is for you know a lot of our listeners too. Uh, although it's a lot more, I guess, difficult to get into, pure comedy is very rewarding uh, for listeners who are patient and have an appreciation for lyrics. Um, we didn't even touch on this, but as always, or we barely touched on this, uh, his voice is just so stellar. His He consistently it's delivers gorgeous. this gorgeous voice. Yeah. And it's sort of an afterthought because of his personality, but his voice 
could suck anybody in. It's seriously wonder. There's a reason why he's a former member of the Fleet Foxes. It's just so oh, yeah. gargantuan. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, and it helps. It helps out for sure with all of that. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, but it if, helps swallow the pill a little bit easier. Yeah, it, it, it's a, like if his voice wasn't that good, I might not want to listen to this again. You know, after he, being a little disappointed the first time, but. Um, you know, obviously the lyrics are kind of the selling point here. They're consistently poignant, clever, funny, uh, socially aware. Uh, and this project, it reminded me just how great of a songwriter, uh, Josh Tillman can be. Uh, I kind of forgot because it's been a little bit since he released a project. Um, he's probably one of my favorite songwriters working right now. Uh, two obvious negatives that I touched on, um, that, you know, we, we got into this, you know, philosophical discussion, but I really do kind of want to hammer home. This is lengthy and which isn't necessarily a problem, but there's this lack of variance for stretches of the album uh, musically that it can be boring. It can drag. But the more I've listened to it, the, the less that's become a problem. Um, but the positives overall certainly outweigh that. Uh Good thing we didn't do this podcast after one listen because I would have given it a five. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, right. But now I'd say Pure Comedy is an eight out of ten. And yeah, that's a big grow. It, it's a huge grow. And it's it's barely an eight now, but I could see it, you know, by the time album of the year list time comes, it's it, it could get maybe a little higher because I, I pick out new things every time I listen to it. Um, but, yeah, it's an eight. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and allude to our quarter one podcast too because you know you need to just 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 take a listen to that. Mm-hmm. Just anybody listen, just take a listen. <laughs> Great, we had a lot of fun with that one. I like, like yeah yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, like I I I alluded to on my list uh, a couple of albums that were that were um, that were like polarizing albums not very entertaining albums but very important albums mm-hmm. uh, one of those was Sunkill Moon's record um, which has actually shrunk for me a little bit I think mm-hmm. I gave it a 9 on there I probably kind of added I'm like an 8 now Okay. Um, with that it's but it still like the importance of the social commentary and every it, you know the the whole idea behind it is really well done. The other one that is very important, not entertaining, incredibly devastating, is Mount Erie's yep. "A Crow Looked at Me," um, and uh, and this album goes up there for me in those in those three as one of the most important albums of 2017 so far, if not the most important album of 2017, especially because of, like how well I mean. It's it's got all of the elements of the political and and social views and of Sunkill Moons, but not in such a dreary and not very entertaining way. Um, he Josh Tillman brings this whole this whole idea of of just trying to really comment in an effective and well thought out way on. Um, on culture and on our society and on entertainment and on himself he brings it all together and encapsulates encapsulates it in such a distinct and entertaining way um and and in such a well-structured way with the album too um that it, it it's 
it's it sticks with me. It, it has stuck with me heavily um, the past few listens that I've given to it. The first time listening through was a lot to digest, but I really liked it. I knew that I really liked it the first time I listened through it, but I wasn't sure how much I liked it because there's so much to digest. Because, yeah, even though this isn't like the longest project that I give listens to, because um, I love long projects, mm-hmm. but even though there's not, it's not even the longest thing, there's just the lyric work and everything and all the thoughts and all the, it's all, it's all just like a lot to, to take in. So the, I think that he, he brought back um, how he brought back the, the um, showing how, how good a piano ballad can actually be whenever mm-hmm. you're whenever you're like doing what he's doing i think he did a phenomenal job of that i think that that might play into some some actual like um style choices over the indie world i don't know i'm gonna try and make a call there um <laughs> and, and and um and 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 he just and he brings together this just sharp distinct sarcastic ball of opinion that ultimately doesn't mean anything but it doesn't matter because of how beautiful it is in such a in such a distinct way um i think it's his best work Ooh. and i'm giving it a nine. Ooh, a nine I, I, I feel very strongly about this record i i would take uh i love you honey bear over this because that would be a nine for me so i guess yeah but yeah i i the thing is is that this one, it, it just like the past few listens, especially, have just like stuck with me way more than uh, than what I love you, Honey Bear did, and you know it's for probably obvious reasons, but like I don't know, I I, I like it so much that you know it's it's up there like that for me. That's awesome. I love you, Honey Bear. Is it it has it doesn't have like I mean it, you know obviously it doesn't have as as polarizing of a feel to it so it doesn't like stick as well for me okay you know you know what i'm saying that makes like sense. i i i i wouldn't i wouldn't reference it I, I i love that album it's beautiful and it's and it's great and it's hilarious but it's not like this is like important right and i just see so, myself coming back to you know i go back to listen to honey bear more just because i think musically it's more entertaining but yeah it is it, it definitely is more entertaining yeah. so i gave it an eight you gave it a nine um let's see one side says <laughs> it's an eight it's an eight the other says will you're dumb it's a nine either way it's not a ten guess we'll have to listen to it again on both sides um, so our average. <laughs> they, that was beautiful. I would like. I, I would that, quickly. That was, yeah. that was brilliant. I, I would quickly like to thank Father John Misty for singing that just now. That's thank you for stopping by. Yeah, the thank podcast. you, thank you, Josh, for coming on, yes. in on our on our podcast. Yes. I, I love always, the always always a pleasure. Yeah, it's yeah. You, you, <laughs> come back again his, soon. Ever since we shook your hand at that Fleet Foxes <laughs> right. concert, we know that you've been a good friend of ours. That's right. Yeah. Th- th- thank you so very much. You're a dear friend. Um, so our average is eight and a half. Obviously, that's a pretty good recommendation. If I stuck with my five, our average would have been a seven. <laughs> but it's an eight and a half. We recommend it. Um, I heard there was this other album that came out. We're going to be talking about it in a couple days. 
Oh, Will, what what could that album be? It's the new John Mayer album. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're... we're... Jade Smokers and John Mayer. <laughs> God, I hate myself. Um, uh, so, yeah, Kendrick, damn, look for it. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have not listened to Father John Misty, Pure Comedy, please do so. If you listened to it once and didn't like it, I would recommend giving it another listen if you're even remotely interested in the album at all. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Patrick, for joining me, as always, on our entertaining and fun discussions. Thanks for hosting, Will. I try my best. Um, (laughs) And we'll see you Monday.